0: Welcome to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host Adam Caster here, as always, with my co-host Ed Birdsaw. Mr. Birdsaw, how you doing?
1: Fine, Adam. There we go. I'm good. How was your weekend? It was fine. It was fun. Besides the uh, little bout of food poisoning that I uh, that I had, uh, yeah, it was uh, it was good. It was relaxing. How about yours? Man,
0: Yankees fans just come up with new ways for them to lose, like new names for their losses. First. Just blown lead and now food poisoning.
1: Who? 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 The Yankees. Who?
0: Oh, the New- the New York Highlanders.
1: No, I don't. I don't know what sports do they play.
0: Honestly, I don't really know. Oh, no, oh. it's definitely not baseball. I'll tell you that. I've never heard of them.
1: I- I've 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 never heard of them. Oh. You you educated me today, Adam. I did not know that there was a team called the uh, the, the the New York uh, Stankies. Was that their name? Yes. Oh, okay. All right.
0: By the way, do you know that Brett Boone has a brother? Can you
1: believe that? Unbelievable. I know. Unbelievable. I mean, I know he had his dad, but I didn't know that there was another one. He an irrelevant one.
0: Yeah. Well, he's only relevant for one thing, and he's able to parlay that into a terrible career in management and television and television
1: and television. This is what happens. You, 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 you hire a man who was on television to be the manager and nothing. They wanted a yes, man. They wanted a yes, man. That was going <laughs> to let the computer nerds do their thing.
0: They wanted a yes, man.
1: It's a, yeah. I, I yes, I, no. I see what you're getting at. <laughs> I did not intend no pun intended, but, that was a nice one, Adam bird buck for you. But I mean what what do people expect? What do people expect? He is he I Adam I I said this to Jake. Jake and I were talk we talking a little bit yesterday after the the latest debacle. Join and the club. <laughs> do, how many lineups do you think Aaron Boone has actually made? Like actually? Not a ton. I would say less than one. So zero. Correct. Okay. How many How many decisions? Well, by himself or just... By himself without the help or comeuppance of the computer nerds that are up in the offices of Yankee Stadium. Well, listen,
0: I think it's different when there's a difference between somebody making your lineup for you and using analytics as a tool to
1: help you make your lineup oh no he doesn't use analytics to help him make the lineup he uses analytics to set the lineup for him
0: I probably. He's, he's going with
1: the computer nerds oh a hundred percent that's why that's why they fired Girardi because Girardi said, fuck you and your computer nerds. Oh, God, that sounds like Girard- Girardi. Ballard. was one game away from a World Series, and he got fired. Aaron Boone hasn't even come close. Hasn't yeah. even come fucking close. And it's just blown, blown lead after blown lead after blown lead. It's just like – and honestly, honest to God, I'm, I'm, I'm past the point of even caring. I, I, I am just past it. I don't care. I was I was laughing. When I saw 5-4, I was I was laughing. I don't care. I don't care. That's see, it's one thing to be mad because it shows that you care. Like Jake, I'll, I'll continue to use Jake as an example. Jake is mad because Jake invests all of his time, all of his energy. Baseball is his thing. He invests Everything that he's got into the Yankees and then eventually the Jets. Uh, that's so sad. <laughs> You're telling me. And then the Nets. And then the Nets too. Uh, that's so sad. But with me, I don't care. Like that's it true. just you goes. Jerry whoo. Jones
0: practicing, holding up the Lombardi trophy. Oh yeah, I'll get,
1: I'll get mad at the Cowboys because I, I love my Cowboys I and mean, I love my Yankees too. But it just, it just gets to a point where it's just like, and, you know, how many times – and this this just opens up a whole other can of worms. But I'm not going to be one to – and people can call me flaky fan or, or, or whatever. I, I, I don't care. I know my fandom. So, so fuck you guys if you are going to say that I'm a flaky fan. But I'm not the one that's going to sit down on the couch on a Wednesday afternoon at 1 o'clock to watch a Yankee game. I'm just not. I'm just not. There, there are better things that, that I can do with my life.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's crazy because if the Yankees were, if the Mets were in the Yankee division, like if the Mets were in the AL East and the Yankees were in the NL East, we'd be having opposite conversations. I'd be talking about how Luis Rojas doesn't know what the fuck he's doing, the bullpen's terrible, the offense can't score runs, and we would be three and a half games out of a wild card spot, as opposed. to like, if you and if the Yankees were in the NL East, they'd be four and a half games ahead of the Phillies and they'd run away with the division.
1: I disagree. I, I disagree wholeheartedly because I think the Mets, no one really expected the Mets to be. Oh, that's not wanna, true. I don't want to say great. That's because not, they're not true. They're not great. Nobody expected the Mets to be great this year. They expected them to be really good. No. Yes. No. After trading for Lindor, getting to be running away with the NL East. In a division where you have Bryce Harper, you have the Philadelphia Phillies, you have the Nationals, who two years ago won the World Series. Okay, they you, have didn't, it, you have Atlanta, Atlanta, who everybody and their mother picked to win the NL East. Yes, they didn't pick them to run away with the division, but they at least picked the Mets to be very good. I would not say very good. I would say competitive enough where they could maybe squeak into a wild card game. I wouldn't call that very good the Red Sox are very good. They're winning the division. If you're winning the, if you're winning the division and the expectation is that you would have won the division, then yeah, you're very good. I think the Red Sox, the Red Sox are kind of in the same boat as the Mets actually, where it wasn't, they didn't have a lot of expectations. Mets, the Mets and Mets fans had more expectations because of whole, whole, you know, Cohen and everything like that. But I think it,
0: no, well, I think that, I mean, maybe it's because we were listening to different people talking about this, but I, I feel like a lot of people had high hopes for the Mets because of Steve Cohen. High hopes,
1: of... yes. But what but what is the definition of high hopes? To win the division? Yeah. Then you are definitely listening to just Mets people because no one that I had heard on planet Earth outside of the the, the Mets dome of lunacy and stupidity was talking about the Mets winning the division. Nobody well, at least competing with the with the Braves for, for the top competing is one thing. But that's what I'm talking about when just, you know, scratch a wild card game. That would have been a success. That would have been an absolute success because no one expected the Mets besides Mets fans in their own little uh, Looney Tunes kingdom. No one expected them to be in this position. The Mets are the Mets are a good team. They're they're a really good team. Bullpen's been earth. better than advertised. Rotation has been good with DeGrom being in and out. No Syndergaard either. When Syndergaard comes back, if he if he if he does come back, and Syndergaard can be half of what he was. I mean, holy shit.
0: Well, also, I mean, Carlos Carrasco is probably going to come back either
1: this week or next week. Hopefully. 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 Yeah, I just got to hit your fingers crossed on that one. And the lineup has been has been solid. Has been solid. Lindor's had his moments. Lindor, Lindor's had his up, ups and his downs. But he's not going to sure. be back till September, probably. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's had his ups and his downs. Um but, uh, I mean, Pete
0: Alonso has been great. Conforto is getting out of his slump. Jeff McNeil is hitting pretty well now. I mean, the offense is coming together. It's funny that I've never heard anybody on the Mets say it, but on Saturday, Brandon Nemo was like, well, you know, it's always tough because of the ballpark that we play in. And it shows that we don't score a lot of runs here, but, but on the road it shows that we're a good offense.
1: They are a good offense. They are a good offense. They have good balance in that lineup. Take notes, you know, Brian Cashman. How many fucking times is
0: have they moved the fences
1: in at city field? Like, <laughs> take notes, Brian Cashman, of having a diverse lineup. Again, the computer nerds. The
0: fucking computer nerds. If they were, re- if they really wanted, if they were really just listening to the computer nerds, then they would have more left-handers in their lineup. No, no. It would be, it would be diver It would be more diverse. No, no.
1: I'm the one. Everyone has been saying we needed more lefties. Yet Brian Cashman didn't do it. Well, I'm saying everyone and their mother.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. If, if every, if they were really listening to the analytics and the computer nerds and whatever, and they were really playing with the matchups, then they would have more left handed batters in their lineup. Do we know that?
1: I think there's more pitchers in the, in the, um, the American league East that are right-handed pitchers. So they just, they just kind of say, okay, righty on righty done. The whole, the whole thing is just a fucking mess. The whole, whole thing is a mess. Fuck the Yankees. All I know is we have football in a week and a half and I am beyond thrilled. I mean, if you look at all the analytically
0: inclined teams, like the team that, The Yankees don't think they are, but they are. The Tampa Bay Rays, they have a pretty diverse lineup of lefties and righties. Yeah, that's the point. It's the way it should be.
1: Brian Cashman has gotten us into this mess. The same same guy, when he fired Joe Girardi, who brought in Aaron Boone, that's when this whole reshape of this Yankees lineup happened. What was the common theme? All right-handed hitters. All of them. All of them, not to mention they went and they traded for the wrong Marlins outfielder, but that's besides the point who helped that other, that other guy, if we had gotten him, would have been a great lefty hitter in our fucking lineup. That's true. Yeah, I'm done. I'm done with the New York Yankees. Bring up, bring on the Premier League. We're almost back in two weeks and, and Adam, if you would like to do your old assistant manager, Mikel Arteta, a huge favor, and you would like to uh, talk to your man, uh, Pep, and see if there's a fee that could be worked out where you know we could bring in Bernardo Silva, that would be fantastic. No.
0: I like Bernardo Silva. Never, ever, ever, ever. Never. Pep doesn't want him anymore.
1: I can't with this guy. Pep doesn't want him anymore. They need they need to raise funds cuz Pep wants Harry Kane, the apple of his eye.
0: You know, I like Pep. I love Pep. He's a great manager. Sometimes I, some of the things that he does doesn't make a lot don't make a lot of sense to me.
1: I think he's a great manager who has great players. So I don't know if that makes him a, like a great 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 manager. I, that's, a, that's a hot take, I know. He makes the, he gets the most out of his players. He gets the players that he
0: wants. Well, there are players that he he's had that he has gotten the most out of. Players that have played in, their, that have played in the system.
1: Yeah, but like, look at where he's gone. He was at Barcelona, where he could have bought anybody that he wanted. Bayern, he bought anybody that he wanted. And now he's at City. I mean, what, what's next? When he's done at City and, you know, that... That avenue has been all washed up and done. He's going to go to PSG. Let's just let's just complete the, the quadfecta here. Or, or, or Real Madrid. Well, he would never do that. No, probably not. If, if he has morals. But I don't know. I think Pep Guardiola probably eats children or something. I don't know. What? The, what? Probably. He's an evil man. What? He's an evil man.
0: I mean, you look at some of the players that he's had that,
1: like, um, you're Oleksandr- trying to defend him. It's not going to work.
0: No, you look at the players that he's had, like um, Alexander Zinchenko. Is there- inherited Is there- next. Yeah, but he was able to get the most out of him. He made him into like Oleksandr Zinchenko still plays center mid for on the international on the international team. Okay, he and turn him into a really good left back.
1: All right, but the whole uh, point is he's not relying on Oleg Zinchenko. Thirty-eight games, he's not. No, he's, he's going not. out. He's going out, and he's able to spend seventy some odd million on Kevin De Bruyne. He's able to go and spend fifty million on a DM that well, Pep very up. that he uses very irregularly in Rodri. He's able to go and spend fifty some odd million for Riyad Mahrez who. Comes off the bench occasionally and maybe gets an odd start here or there in the Champions League.
0: Well, in his defense, Pep didn't buy Kevin De Bruyne.
1: Oh, that was before. That's true. That, that is true. Palestini. Okay, fair point. Fair point. Okay, Bernardo Silva better. I think. Yeah. Or was he? Okay. A year, or was he? Uh, no. I think no. He was th- I think it was that summer. Yeah. Did he buy Raheem? No. 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 That was. I don't probably... think he did. I don't think he did. Okay. Okay. He bought Gabriel Jesus for. 30 million and for no reason for no reason for absolutely no reason other than to say all right brazilian
0: and he brought claudio bravo for no reason
1: well they have scott carson on the books, so
0: hey scott carson was in one game last year and it was amazing that game against was it newcastle that game against newcastle was amazing
1: Hey, we love we love Scott Carson. I have no problem with Scott Carson. It's the uh, it's the retirement home, the third goal, the third goalkeepers club. We have uh, Scott Carson at Man City. We have Willie Caballero. I think maybe he left. I don't know at Chelsea. We had um, Lee Grant at Man United. I think now it's uh, Tom Heaton at United, Adrian at Liverpool, Joe Hart at Spurs, and Arsenal of Runar Alex Ruderson. Listen, I can be
0: a third goal, a third choice goalkeeper, make a, make a lot of money to get really good tickets at the Etihad.
1: Oh, my God. If, if someone wanted to offer me to be a third goalkeeper, pay me five grand a week. Yeah, fuck it. I'll take – I'll do uh, – if, if, if part of the contract states that maybe I'll have four head-on-head collisions in training over mm-hmm. the course of a calendar year, with uh, Ruben Diaz or uh, or any big-bodied male on uh, Man City. Yeah, I think I'd take it. I think I'd take it on the chin. For five Boy. grand a week? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fuck it. Anyway, um, we do have a
0: lot. We have a fair bit of news to talk about because... What a happened lot of this happen- weekend? What happened this weekend? <laughs> oh, you know, nothing. <laughs> nothing. Oh, nothing. 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 Um, so first off, what do you want to talk about first? You want to talk about talk about this stuff in chronological order cuz the first thing that happened uh, that was big.
1: Let's get the packer stuff out of the way.
0: So the Aaron Rodgers situation we all know about that. And that Aaron yeah. Rodgers is the crazy thing, you know, you see s- s- people saying like, "Oh, sports books are saying that Aaron Rodgers might re- might retire this week or next week." I'm like, I'll believe it when I see it. They haven't said it, but... They said, like, smart
1: money is on Aaron Rodgers retiring soon. They've implied that something is coming. Yes. And Vegas is never wrong. I'll believe it when I see it. As will I. Color me skeptical. But Vegas is
0: never wrong. And now Devontae Adams has broken off contract extension talks with the Green Bay Packers, which is pretty understandable when the future of the person that has made you who you are um, is
1: in doubt. I would be looking at that one very, very, very carefully with Devontae Adams because something something just says to me that if Rogers is not there, Adams might not show up either.
0: Uh, the and that worries, be, the that, that, that worries me. The Packers could be bad. That worries me.
1: Yeah, they could be really bad.
0: They could be, you know, we could be talking about Graham Harrell going to the Green Bay Packers next year.
1: Um, No, no, because they have Jordan Love and they like Jordan Love and you're not going to draft his replacement after only presumably one year of Jordan Love playing. But yeah, things don't look good at all. But the Packers are, are, are better than the Texans without Rodgers and Adams. They're still better than the Saxons, for sure.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's a whole other can of worms. But um, they, they could be very bad. Very, very, very bad. I mean, that that means really good things for the Chicago Bears and the Minnesota
1: Vikings. And the Detroit Lions. They may not be the bottom dwellers in the NFC North anymore. No.
0: But although people who don't they, like Martin they Nagy, They
1: definitely still will be.
0: <laughs> no, they still will be. But
1: there's a that's chance.
0: There's a chance they finish third. The Packers will find a way to uh, sweep the Lions because, you know, that's how it goes. Maybe. Maybe. But, I mean, if you're a Bears fan who doesn't like Matt Nagy, then this might not be the best news for you. Because then if Matt Nagy wins the division again, then he there's no way they're,
1: that him and Ryan Pace are going to get fired. I disagree. I think there's a real chance that they get fired if they win the division. I think it just depends on how the team looks. Like if, if, say, nine and eight wins that division, that's not pretty. That's not pretty by by any stretch. If ten and 7, 11 and six win the division, and that's the Bears, then yeah, then yeah, they're, they're, there's a case. But they have to they have to really win that division in style and probably win a playoff game. I would think for Nagy and and Ryan Pace to keep their respective jobs. I would think, me personally. Yeah, I'd
0: probably agree with that. But I, I don't know. I mean, Bears management—you know—they made the playoffs last year, and it seemed like Bears management wasn't going to do anything.
1: No, no, they weren't. They weren't going to do anything last year at all. But I think the difference is, is that I believe Nagy and Pace are on the final years of their contracts. So, this really is make-or-break time for both of them.
0: Yeah. My question about this, not not really the, uh, the Bears, because it's a whole different thing, but about the Packers. Yeah. About what's going on with this situation. What do you think is going to be the resolution? Do you think that Devontae Adams comes back?
1: Do you think that he also gets traded? I think they're brothers united at this point. I think they have like a blood oath or something that, if Rodgers isn't there, Adams isn't there.
0: Okay, oh and then we'll, and then the fantasy implications of this are even crazier. Are humongous
1: are absolutely humongous because we we there would be two presumptive top six receivers that are now gone. In Devontae Adams and the next guy we'll be talking about. I just think for me this just smells like divorce waiting to happen. Now, the real question is, and and this is one that I find fascinating to analyze, if, say, Devontae leaves and Devontae wants to go to play with his college teammate in Derek Carr in Las Vegas, let's just say, let's just connect those dots. But there's a chance that Aaron Rodgers would then want to go to Las Vegas to be with Devontae Adams. Oh. And they kick Derek Hart at the curb just to have Aaron Rodgers. But I I, I don't think they, that that would happen. I think Aaron Rodgers, if he retires, he's still quote-unquote contractually obligated to be on the reserve retired list to the duration of that contract. But he wouldn't get paid. It wouldn't count against the cap or anything. He'd just be retired. But they would hold the contract legally on the reserve retired list. Which is what which is what happened with Brett Favre because he was which is what which is what happened to Calvin Johnson, right? Which is why Calvin Johnson never came back because the Lions held his rights. I believe yes. there's there was one more uh, that was like that too, but I just forget who it is off the top of my head. But Calvin Johnson is the prime is the prime example of that. Well, I was
0: thinking Brett Favre because Brett Favre retired and then he unretired and then the Packers traded him to
1: the Jets. Yes, yes, that's a good that's a good one too. But there and, was an under there was that was an understanding was there. Yes. Whereas the Packers were okay with moving on from Favre, because they had Rodgers, they had Rodgers ready to go. The Packers are not okay with moving Rodgers because they have well, Jordan Love. They don't know where Jordan Love is at. And that was the same with the Lions. The Lions didn't want to trade Megatron. If Megatron was going to play, they wanted Megatron to play for them. Well, yeah, no, but that's
0: what I'm just using it as an example of the. Of the list, the reserve retired list, because Mm -hmm. when somebody comes back, if they're under contract, they're under contract.
1: Yes. Yes. They are under contract with that team and they'll be on the reserve retired list for four years or until the team releases them from that list. Right. So someone like, I don't know, Sean Lee, let's just say Sean Lee, who is on the reserve retired list for Dallas. Odds are when the season starts and the list is, you know, activated or whatever it may be. He'll be released on the list or they'll keep him on the list, whatever, maybe. I don't know, but something like that.
0: So you do want to talk about this other top 10, potentially, receiver, top 15 receiver that we have question marks about?
1: Surely. A Michael- disaster. Disaster.
0: Yes. Michael Thomas underwent ankle surgery in June and will miss the start of the season, according to your boy, Ian Rappaport of NFL Network.
1: He's going to miss longer than that. Yeah. There are reports out that say he's not going to be ready 100% healthy until November or December. At that point, like, what's the point? It's a wash. It's a wash. I have him. I updated my rankings after the Michael Thomas news. I updated my rankings yesterday. Michael Thomas is now my wide receiver 37.
0: I mean, at this point, you know, looking at it from the the perspective of the other players on the Saints, how much does that influence where you draft Alvin Kamara? If you take a – I mean, this really just puts a bow on nobody's taking Taysom Hill or Jameis also.
1: Um well, people are going to take Taysom Hill and Jameis if they're in two quarterbacks, but I think Taysom is kind of more appealing than Jameis now because who's Jameis going to throw it to? Adam Troutman has some appeal now just because, you know, he's a pass-catching option for for the Saints. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there is just, like, outside of Kamara, that's, like, locked and loaded, you know is going to be the guy. Mm. There there really is not much. I'm just trying to look here to see who my next highest ranked receiver is for the Saints. And it's I believe it might be it might be Traquan Smith.
0: I think it is Traquan Smith. It might be. The issue intri- – okay. Before we do this,
1: yeah, it's Trey, want- it's Yeah. It is traquan. I I have him at fifty-three now. Before
0: we go into uh, more about michael thomas yeah. i just want to say so recording this on on monday 11 30 the packers annual shareholders meeting which shouldn't you be attending aren't you a shareholder aren't you a shareholder of the green i Day should packers? be there
1: yes you're 100 right gotta go bye <laughs> um it's starting
0: in about half a, about half an hour at lambeau field
1: aka time to hit the fucking panic button
0: and uh, Mark, Mur- Mark Murphy and Brian Goodekunst are going to be there, and they're scheduled to speak.
1: AKA, shit has hit the fan. Shit's fucked, please stand by. Shit's fucked, please stand by, yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be one hell of a meeting. I, oh my goodness, I would love to be the fly- a fly on the wall there.
0: I know. It's, Wow. Oh boy.
1: But, but yeah. Uh, but Michael so, Thomas. Michael Thomas. Because this one I've got I've gotten bombarded with questions about Michael Thomas. About where to draft him, what's an acceptable spot. I'm not drafting Michael Thomas. I am not drafting him. He's off my list. I don't care if he's back in middle of October. I don't care. Because guess what? We've seen guys come into into seasons before coming off of ailments, coming off of surgeries, in pain, not necessarily 100%. This screams that. This screams Michael Thomas not being 100% for the entire year, having a down year with no more Drew Brees in an offense that has completely changed, and Michael Thomas not being very good. That's what this says to me especially if he's not 100%. If Michael Thomas is going to be 100%, then yeah, obviously there's more uh, flexibility and leeway towards you taking a calculated risk on taking Michael Thomas, and he would have been a top 10 receiver. But now, not going to be 100%. New offense, not going to play until November or December possibly, or may not be 100% until then, if he does even get close to 100%. Those are three strikes right there no thank you i'm not taking the risk on, on michael thomas at all in dynasty or keeper now that is definitely a more complex and more loaded question i would say this to all of those players out there take michael thomas and this this is this is a cop out answer so i apologize in advance Uh,
0: Bird, we have some, like, slight breaking news. Yeah? Frank Reich just tested positive for COVID. Oh. He is... And he won't be at training camp. Oh. won't with the team as training camp begins. Oh, get well soon, King. But thankfully, he's vaccinated. Fully vaccinated and asymptomatic.
1: So he should be fine. Get well soon, King. That's what vaccines are for. Get well soon, King. But back to... Dr. Thomas and dynasty keeper, take Michael Thomas where you are most comfortable with taking him. It's a cop-out answer. I apologize. But that's that's the answer. Take him and assume, assume that the first year is a wash. Take him where you are most comfortable with taking him while also operating under the pretense That maybe Michael Thomas is not going to be a contributor for you in year one. So, if eighth round is where you're comfortable taking Michael Thomas, take him, take him there, and you can either keep you can keep him for a seventh round pick next year or an eighth round pick next year. And then in Dynasty, you know you have a guy for an eighth for an eighth round pick. I would suspect he goes a little bit higher in Dynasty than than in Keeper, but the further you the later you go, the better, but I just feel like the prices get more enticing for somebody at some point, and someone's going to jump the gun. But, yeah, for me, in season long, no, 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 no. Michael Thomas is out for me. Well, my question about
0: this also is, what if you have Michael Thomas already? What do you? Um, what would you do with him?
1: I hope you have an IR spot in your league. And if you do, stash him on that IR and go pick up Traquan Smith. Okay. That's the like-for-like replacement.
0: I mean, that makes sense.
1: Other than that, I, I, I mean, another thing I would say is, why the hell are you drafting before July 26th? You have a problem that needs to be diagnosed.
0: No, no, no. I mean, if you're in a dynasty or a keeper league, oh,
1: oh, oh, oh okay. and you already have him, I see, I see what you're saying. If you're in a keeper league and you have him already, then I guess it depends on the price. Depends on the price that you're going to be keeping him for. If you're in a dynasty, you have to hold. You have to hold. But if you get an offer that's appealing. You might do it, but I just don't. I do I just don't know what you're getting for him right now. That is going to even be close to being worthwhile, because the value is at is at his lowest right now.
0: Right. That makes sense.
1: But yeah, that sucks. But at least I won't be tempted by a neural insane. So, thank goodness. Oh, my God. Speaking of the Saints,
0: Adam Schefter just reported that um, the Mercedes-Benz Superdome is is no more. It is now the Caesars Superdome. What? Ew. And it's going to be that way for 20 years.
1: Who the fuck approved that?
0: Well, clearly, the New Orleans Saints and Caesars Entertainment.
1: Oh, oh, you're talking about like Caesars Palace. Yeah, no, not I the pe- you're talking. Pizza. Up, I thought you were talking pizza. <laughs> it would be the
0: little Caesars Superdome, not I Caesar's thought Superdome. you were talking pizza.
1: Maybe I just go to show you how hungry I am. I thought you were talking about pizza. Oh, no, I was not. Oh, okay. It's a little better. A little bit better. Not a lot. But What they
0: should have done is they should have added an apostrophe and said Caesar's
1: Superdome. Correct. But that's besides the point. And Adam, we can finally talk about the man that we could never talk about before because there's actually news about him. Yay! Yeah, the Texans are now open to trading Deshaun Watson.
0: Finally. What is it but what does that mean? I don't fucking know.
1: It's gonna take a fuck ton to do it.
0: They want like five first round assets. I'm pretty sure is the uh is really what they're
1: looking for. What I heard what I heard is it's two a team could probably offer two first round picks and two players that can contribute and that would be good enough. Granted, those deals never happen in the National Football League. So where we go from here, I don't know. But it's good to talk about that there's some football-related news with Deshaun Watson. That's good.
0: Yeah, so this is what Chris Mortensen said on Twitter three hours ago um, at the time of recording. So for Deshaun Watson, the Texans' price has been some combination of five high draft picks and starting caliber players per two league executives. It's a lot, yeah. I that's, mean, he reported tra- a he's reported a training camp, and he reiterated that he wanted to be
1: traded. At so we have some breaking news on the podcast. This is this is very important news. Yes, the Rangers will not be tempted by fate to go and sign that very 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 evil man that did a very 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 bad thing to them in the year of our Lord two thousand and fourteen. Good. Alec Martinez is staying in Las Vegas good on a three-year contract meaning he will never ever get the chance to join the new york rangers hallelujah thank you god fuck you alec martinez
0: i didn't think that that was going to be a that that's that was a thing like oh a it was a thing. thing
1: it was a very real thing just like mark Stahl coming back to the rangers on a one-year deal that was a very real thing
0: am i the only rangers fan that I would be kind of okay with that i would have been fucking sick to my stomach I mean, you know, you're getting rid of Brendan Smith, bringing Mark Stahl. But
1: you traded a second-round pick along with Mark Stahl to get rid of his ass. I, I'm aware. And you just bring him back? Oh, welcome home. Sorry we shipped you out on loan for a year.
0: I hope you enjoyed Detroit.
1: Hope you enjoyed the bright lights at Detroit.
0: But, yeah, I mean, going back to Deshaun Watson – it, like we said, it's basically gone from we don't know what's going to happen in this investigation to we don't know what it's going to take necessarily. Like, we don't know what teams are going to be interested on in Deshaun Watson because not only are you trading for the player, you're giving up the assets, but you also have to deal with the pending allegations.
1: Yes. Yes, and I, I would – Probably assume that any trade is probably going to have some sort of condition attached.
0: Colloquially, colloquially, I don't, never mind. Wow, i wow, say. T- I can't say that word. That's I one can't say word. it either. The one word I cannot say is colloquial. Colloquially.
1: Colloquially. 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 Yeah. Jesus, that that. Coming out. That does not sound right. Nope. Doesn't. Feels terrible. Colloquially. Colloquially referred to as backsies. Yes. Yes. Where the Texans are going to say, no take backsies. Yeah. So we'll see who's going to bite the bull on that one. But hey, who knows? And then one more thing that I did here. A little, uh, I heard this on Friday afternoon actually, and that was that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are slated right now to be rolling with Ronald Jones as their number one running back.
0: Well, I think that that makes sense, just because Ronald Jones has
1: really taken a step. I think it means the same as Damian Harris being the number one running back for the Patriots, that he'll be the first guy to touch the ball. (laughs) And after that, it's a fucking (laughs) crapshoot.
0: I mean, do you feel the same way about Uh, Connor Hughes, my boy. Connor Hughes, the athletic who covers the Jets, saying that Michael Carter will take over the... uh, He's projecting that Michael Carter will take over the 1A role in the running back rotation?
1: No, that's not the same thing. I think Michael Carter runs away with that job eventually. And it's his to own. Big difference. Big, 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 big difference. Where I think Rojo is stuck in a committee with... Giovanni Bernard, Keyshawn Vaughn, Leonard Fournette the entire year sending with Damian Harris, maybe he's, you know, 70-30 where you have Damian uh, Damian Harris, Sony Michelle, James White, um any other running back that they inevitably bring in, maybe Rex Burkhead when he gets cut by the Texans, he goes back to the Patriots and Bill Belichick will have his boy back in his arms again, who the hell knows. But I think I think Michael Carter takes that job. Bull by the horns, and he just full sends it, which is fabulous because I really want Michael Carter to win that job. Same with Javante Williams in Denver. I want Javante Williams to win that job by himself, kick Melvin Gordon to the curb, launch Royce Freeman to the moon. Javante, Javante Williams, please, please, we need more guys, not in committees. Yeah, I agree. I can agree with that. I can get behind that. I don't like committees. Nobody does. Nobody does. That's number one pet peeve, very fantasy player. Committees. Anyway, um, is there anything else you want to talk about
0: with this? Or do you want to move on to uh, the meat and potatoes?
1: Let's move on to the, uh, to the main course. Oh, hungry now. Damn it. Listen, it's not my fault. Oh, I'm hungry. No, it was it was my fault. I was thinking I was thinking about pizza. I was thinking about pizza, and I heard Caesars, and I said, "Oh, Little Caesars. Oh, great, pizza time." Can you imagine? Well, no, the F- Ford
0: Field is still Ford Field, but um, you know, it wouldn't be the only. It wouldn't be uh the only stadium in New Orleans to be named after a shitty food place.
1: True. Very true.
0: Yeah. I'm surprised they still they still kept the Smoothie King Center, unbelievable.
1: Because the Pelicans right now can't get a better sponsorship deal than that. When they have Zion, they have Brandon Ingram, they stick to Smoothie King Center. Mm-hmm. Okay, all right. Yep. Yep. All right. Anywho,
0: so this is actually very interesting for me and for you because we always talk about players that are hard to rank. And there's always so much, uh, you know, there's always so much uh, controversy based on where these players are ranked because either... Back and forth. Back and forthness. yeah, Back and forthness. God, all the time. Because of either performance issues, whether they, like, you know, performed over their heads or they underperformed or they're coming off of major injuries or something along those lines. Yep. Or they in ridiculously unprecedented contract stalemates or, or have lawsuits or feel.
1: Yeah. That's what a lot of that. That's the way I took this actually was. So the way that I came up with my list was I took my projections. I lined them up with my ranks And I tried to figure out what guys that I have ranked higher or lower than what my overall projections are for them, and I've tried to figure out why. That's how I came up with this list. I came trust me, there were a lot of guys. I came up with eight, two for each position. There were a lot more, but I just kind of I tried to pick the guys that we haven't necessarily talked about a lot. Because I could have very easily said, like, Irv Smith, Cole Komet, but we've talked about them about a million times. I'm not doing
0: Aaron Rodgers, Demonte Adams, or Deshaun Watson either. Those nope. are off-limits because they're obviously yep. –
1: obviously, they're hard to rank because of Yeah, yeah I do Yeah, I don't have any Packers on this list. Okay. I, I could have put Robert Tunyon, but I did not. Okay. I did not. So, um, would you like to go first? Sure, I'll go first. Um,
0: this one for me, we're it, starting
1: with quarterbacks, correct?
0: Yes. We are starting with quarterbacks. Okay. All right, cool. For me, this is, um, somebody that is coming off a serious, serious injury. And I'm sure just saying that, you know, exactly what I'm talking about. Yep. And it's Joe Burrow.
1: Yeah. He was one of mine. Shit.
0: Yeah. Sorry. But you know, we talk about him as a guy that you, you know, you can get the back end of drafts at a really good value, but he's tough to rank because not only do you not know when he's going to be back, but you don't know what he's going to look like when he comes back. Cause these injuries are incredibly serious. And, you know, you saw what happened with uh, Carson Wentz when he came back after his ACL tear 2018, it just wasn't the same really. And this is uh, a player that this happened to him in his rookie year. Also, Um, I I just don't know about Joe Burrow. It's not like I'm not going to draft him because the value is there. You're not, you're not paying a premium to get Joe Burrow, but he is very, very tough to rank unless, or he's not, he's very, very tough to rank until we get a full season of Joe Burrow.
1: Oh, I agree. I mean, you're, you're kind of drafting Joe Burrow with the hope that maybe he gets the business done. But at the same time, you know, you ha- you have the injury concerns. You have the Bengals not necessarily being very good concerns. I think what kind of helps Burrow is that he's he's affordable. So it's not like you're going to be going out of your way to really draft Burrow. I think a lot of drafters do have very general concerns about burrow so that that does definitely help him with terms of price but yeah i agree with all the points that you made adam i think uh, burrow's burrow definitely was a difficult one for for me to rank because of my projections i have him a bit higher with my projections i have him projected to be a top 12 quarterback but ranked i have him as a top 15 option so i'm a little lower on him based on field than i am in terms of uh, in terms of actual projections
0: okay yeah that makes sense
1: so I got to pick another one. Shit. Um, all right, well I'll start. I'll start with uh, with Matt Ryan. Uh, I have him ranked as my QB sixteen. I actually have him projected as my QB nineteen. So I'm higher on Matt Ryan with my feel than I am with with my overall projections. And he's someone that I like. Again, I we we talked about Matt Ryan all the time on this on this podcast. He's someone I think is going to give you a very, very steady floor week to week. He's not a guy that's going to win you a league. He's not the guy that's going to, you know, blow blow up the stat sheet or anything like that. But he's going to be someone that's going to be very, very consistent. Someone could get the job done. And I think you know, with he's when he is on the Falcons, which I mean, let's face it, they are not going to be very good. They're going to be throwing a good amount, and that's why I think Matt Ryan uh, definitely has room for for some growth there. But yeah, Matt Ryan is he's a tough one. He he is a tough one tough one to rank cuz you don't really know where he's where he stands. Because he of course he has that 35 touchdown upside but I don't know if it's there anymore. Me personally I don't think it is but we see Matt Ryan just come out of nowhere in the past so
0: Yeah is it a cop out answer to just lump together all the rookie quarterbacks? <laughs> um e- Yes no Kind of. I mean, I can talk about Justin Fields, really. Well,
1: no. Okay. I was, was going to say, Justin, Justin Fields, Justin Fields is, is easy to rank for me.
0: Okay. You're not drafting
1: him. You're not yeah. drafting him unless you're in Keeper or Dynasty. Redraft, you're leaving him on waiver wire, and you're waiting for him to break out. Then you, then you pick him up. Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is a good one. Trevor Lawrence is a good one. So, yeah, I'm not going
0: to I'm not going to lump together all the rookie quarterbacks, but Trevor Lawrence is going to be tough to rank.
1: Trevor Lawrence is tough to rank because my projections, I, I have him as the 19th quarterback and I have him ranked as the 21st. So I'm lower on Trevor Lawrence than a lot of people are.
0: Yeah, fancy pros has him at 15. So which is pretty, I'm
1: pretty crazy. I'm just I'm lower on Trevor. Uh, I am definitely, I mean, I like him. I like him. I I'm, I'm probably going to move him up at some point, but. Listen, okay.
0: What I'm going to say right now is going to sound like me calling Trevor Lawrence, a system quarterback. Okay. But it's not. All right. He had a, he came into a, in, an incredible Clemson team that I think when he came in, they had just won the national championship. Basically. I
1: disagree. I, I could not. I mean, hold dude on. Was a, dude was a, okay. All right. I'm listening. I'm listening. I'm listening.
0: He came into a really good Clemson team. He's already a generational talent. Yeah. But that Clemson team was very, very good. Okay. This Jacksonville Jaguars team. I don't know. I mean, were they really was, did their quarterback play of having like half a season of Gardner Minshew and Jake Luton really take them to one in 15. It couldn't have just been the quarterback for them. They have good weapons, but I mean no, the there's... team has a lot more problems. The team okay. is, is very very bad. I don't know how. I don't know if Trey. Uh, I don't know if Trevor Lawrence is really going to necessarily light the world on fire. Which is fine. That doesn't mean he's a bust. His rookie season, he's going into a new league, has to learn a new playbook. Urban Meyer, we have no fucking idea what he's going to be like as an NFL head coach. And I. There's just so much uncertainty with Jack with Jacksonville.
1: Yeah, that that's fair. That's a very fair argument. Is that Jacksonville could be absolutely terrible and the shortcomings of the team could affect what the player himself does. That's fair. That's fair. I can accept that answer. Okay. Uh you're going to love this one. Maybe not for the best of reasons, but Tom Brady yeah, Fuck. I have him ranked as my 11th quarterback. I have him projected as my number 6 quarterback. I have him projected for about 4,800 yards and 37 touchdowns.
0: Listen, if that defense falters even a little bit, you'll see. <laughs> you'll see.
1: I don't know why I have Tom Brady ranked at 11. I, he should be higher. I have him projected for more yards than Justin Herbert, projected for more yards than Russell Wilson, projected for more yards than Ryan Tannehill, Jalen Hurts, And I have Tom Brady at 11. It makes no sense to me why, why I'm I'm doing that. Yeah. Sorry. He he probably, probably with Rogers out of the picture, he's probably the best of the rest. Very close to Herbert.
0: I don't know. I'd rather, I'd still rather have Tannehill. And even Stafford over Brady. You would rather have Daniel Jones over Brady. I'd rather have Zach Wilson over Brady. I'd rather have Drew Locke over Brady.
1: Ladies and gentlemen, do not listen to Adam on anything that he says about Tom Brady. His his opinions are biased and borderline slanderous.
0: I would rather leave my quarterback slot empty for 16 weeks than start Tom Brady.
1: I'm talking to you, listeners. Do you see <laughs> what I just said? Okay. You, you, you've now seen the true colors. The true oh, but, colors are out. So I and they're two th- green
0: and white. You People don't know that I'm a Jets fan? Uh, no, I've never heard that one before. This is shocked to me. I have two, two things. Yeah. One is, this is from uh, Ben Baby, who covers the Cincinnati Bengals for ESPN. He said, Mike Brown... The Bengals president said that they probably, quote, probably won't put Joe Burrow out there until the start of the season as to not risk anything with him. Which doesn't really make a lot of sense. So they're not going to give him any preseason work. I don't know why they're not going to give him any preseason
1: work. They need to. Oh, God. All right. Well, yeah. Tom Brady. No, wait. My second thing. Oh, there's more. There's more. Oh, my goodness, man.
0: My, well, this is uh, hockey related, but uh, Sam Bennett apparently loves the number four because he just signed a four year deal with uh, for $4.4 4 million AAV in Florida.
1: Wow. Yep. 444 four, four reflex.
0: So, Great uh, site.
1: Great site. If you know, you know. <laughs>
0: Anyway, uh, talk about that uh, heathen in Tampa Bay, please.
1: I gave it to you already. He's going to be forty-eight hundred-yard guy. I'm down for thirty-eight touchdowns. Don't know why I haven't ranked at eleven. He should be a lot higher. My projections say he's number six quarterback. Okay, right, ra- and that is ranked higher than projected higher than Wilson and Herbert. I don't know. Mm, yeah. Sure. They're gonna throw. They're gonna throw a lot.
0: It's true. They are gonna throw a lot.
1: It's, the only the, the tiebreaker really is I think Brady is gonna be more a more efficient passer than Wilson in fantasy terms. Oh, Herbert will be very close to him, though. Herbert, Herbert is the one that I go back and forth on. But I think in terms of fantasy, I think Brady will be better for fantasy than Russell Wilson. Full take. Uh, I guess I'm just down on the Seahawks in general. I I, I don't I don't know because I well, feel like I, I've this. I feel like that I've just said slanderous things about the Seahawks, and I, I guess I'm just down on them. I don't I don't know. Yeah, I I don't know either. Um, I do not have any Seahawks on my tough to project list. Just saying.
0: Okay. So let's move on to running backs.
1: Yeah. Do you like to go first? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, The Jacksonville guys, I'm going to cheat here. I'm going to project the both. I'm going to talk about both of them. ETN and James Robinson. Back-to-back, 26th and 27th. I have them projected lower. I have them projected as my 33rd and 34th running backs. So... Feel says they should be higher projections suggest that they are lower which probably means i'm out on both of them so the jacksonville guys i'm all over the map with them
0: well i don't think you're cheating because you can't talk about one of these guys
1: without talking about the other i did it one more time on this list and just a little little teaser there's one more time on this list where i've grouped a couple guys together
0: Um, another one guy, let's just say,
1: let's just say it's a little close to home.
0: Okay. I, if you say any bad things about my, about my guys, I will, I will find you. I'll come to Huntington. Who said it's about you? Well, he says close to home. Yeah, it is close to home. You'll see. You'll see. All right, whatever. Anyway. Um, my guy is somebody that I had last year in fantasy. That and now there are so many different factors mm-hmm. that are in his uh, that are in his way that were not in his way last year. Can after. I take a guess?
1: Yes. Can I take a guess? Did yeah. we both own this player at one point? Yes. Is it David Montgomery? It is David Montgomery. <laughs> Yippee ki yay, motherfucker! <laughs> yeah,
0: David Montgomery. I mean, this is. This is about as slam dunk as you can get with players that are tough to rank because you're in a situation now. David Montgomery excelled um, in the second half of last year or after the bye week of last year. Not only did he have a cupcake schedule, but also there was no Tariq Cohen. And yeah, there was no Tariq Cohen. (laughs) He was the guy.
1: And there was no Damian Williams either. (laughs) No. But now, now there is now there is Damien Williams now there is Tariq Cohen. right. I mean Tariq Cohen's going be is starting off on the
0: pup as he's recovering from his ACL uh, injury. and you know Damian Williams is coming back after not playing football for a year. So who knows maybe this is not as close as we think this whole running back situation, but I think at this point David Montgomery is. So hard to rank because you don't, you just don't know.
1: Yeah, I mean David Montgomery is tricky to rank. I think in PPR because you don't really know what the receptions are going to look like. But a non, I think, is a lot easier. I think it's a lot easier to to project in in standard because I think you know David Montgomery for me in standard if I can pull up the standard projections that I have for him. He's basically going to hover it around a 240 carry guy and sprinkle in. I have, I have him down for 30 receptions. So he'll be about a high end, super high end. He'll be a 300 touch running back, but that's like top end, top end, 300 touches, which might be, might be unrealistic to expect. Maybe a better Expectation is like 270 is have, a good yeah. is a good projection for Montgomery in terms of in terms of his touches.
0: Listen, if we're expecting if people are expecting David Montgomery to have 300 touches, and they're also expecting Allen Robinson to be a top five receiver, then those two things can't really exist.
1: And I quote from Adam Caster:
0: At the same time, at the same time, they can't exist at the same time.
1: And I quote from Adam Caster: "There is only one football."
0: Oh, I thought you were. I thought you were going to see something else.
1: Oh no, you, you have said that very eloquently over the years.
0: Yes, there is only one football.
1: There is only one football. Yes, and that's that's true. There yeah. is only one football.
0: They can't they can't exist at the same time. You can't nope. have three hundred touches for David Montgomery. And then also say that, oh, David Williams is going to have a good season and Tariq Cohen is going to have a good season. And well, so is Allen Robinson.
1: I don't think anybody wants Damien Williams to have a good season. I don't think anybody wants Tariq Cohen to have a good season. I think everyone wants it to just be David Montgomery getting the ball 25, 30 times a game, and that's that.
0: And then also Allen Robinson is going to have 100 catches. for and like Alan 15, Robinson
1: having 5 million catches and 4.9999999 million touchdowns. Only just, one catch of Allen Robinson's is not going to be for a touchdown. Yes, but only one. That's the ideal. That's the ideal universe. But unfortunately, we shit sucks. Not.
0: We do not live in an ideal universe.
1: No, no, we do not. We we most certainly do not. So, yeah, it's about managing your expectations with the uh, with Montgomery. He's a guy who can go. I think in either way. I think he's a guy that you could very easily under rank or he's a guy that you could very easily over rank. Yeah. Well, that if, you're a just, good one, Adam.
0: if you're just looking at his stats from last year, you can, you can easily, easily over rank him.
1: Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. This is the second half of the year when he was, he finished the top four running back second half of the year.
0: Yeah, it was, it was pretty crazy after, after that bye week.
1: Right, oh, wait. he went off. Yeah. He went off. He, he, he finished the year as a top, guy the second half of the season
0: yep but that was against the packers twice detroit houston minnesota and jacksonville yep so you know bottom 10
1: rush teams in the league last year so temper your expectations a little yeah Mm -hmm. i agree all right who do you got next uh mike davis Mike Davis. I have him ranked as my 21st running back. I have him projected as my RB 26. So I'm higher on Mike Davis than my projections are. I don't see Mike Davis being a thousand yard back. I don't see Mike Davis being a double touchdown back, but I do see Mike Davis being very consistent. I see Mike Davis giving you maybe on the low end, seven, eight touchdowns overall, and he'll be someone that you draft in the middle of your draft that at least early on might return some early value. But I think he's a classic, a classic example of a guy you're hoping starts off hot, and you try and trade him for someone that struggles out of the gate. I think Mike Davis is kind of, is kind of that. I don't have super high expectations for Davis, but he's someone that I'm higher on than my projections are. And maybe that will be evened out. He's a top 24 guy. I'm not, I'm not going to say that he's not, but he's someone that at the end of the day, I'm not super convinced is going to be superb for fantasy teams. As we, he's not going to you're going to, that you're going to anchor your team around, is what I'm trying to say.
0: Hardly. I mean, this is a guy that you just don't know his situation. Well, you know his situation, but you, he hasn't gotten too much extended looks too many extended looks in his career. He's never really had a full season of being the guy. He's always been a complimentary piece.
1: Correct. Correct. And I doubt that we see now him being the new Derrick Henry for Arthur Smith. I don't think that's going to happen.
0: I'd be pretty shocked if it did.
1: As would I, as would I given Mike Davis probably is about five or six inches smaller And about, I don't know, 30 to 40 pounds lighter.
0: Well, according to this, he's 5'9 and 220. Okay. And Derrick Henry is 6'3 and
1: 247. 247, that's it? Yeah. Derrick Henry is built like a brick shithouse. There's no way that he is 247 pounds. They're actually
0: around the same age, funny enough. Mike Mike Davis is 28. 28. and, uh, Derek Henry's and Derek Henry is 27.
1: And Derrick Henry is built like a brick shithouse.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um, tough to rank guys. My second one is Chase Evans.
1: Yeah, that's a great one. That's a great one.
0: I mean, what? Chase Evans t- has been tough to rank ever since that breakout game at MetLife Stadium a couple of years ago.
1: Wasn't it last year? Was it? no
0: way it was last year was it it might have been last year I thought it was 2019 I could I could be wrong I could be wrong it was against the Giants yeah it was against the Giants
1: this is this is one that I am uh, frantically searching for
0: no last year he had five he had five point3 points against the
1: Giants okay then it was 2019 okay
0: yeah, twenty nineteen. Chase Evans is twenty nineteen. He had uh, thirty. Th- oh, hold on. Let me go PPR. He had thirty five points against the Giants in
1: twenty nineteen.
0: And um, yeah, I mean that was a whole three week sp- stretch where he would He had seventeen point six points against Cincinnati, fourteen point seven points against Atlanta.
1: And then 35 points against the Giants. And then, and then everybody nothing. picked him up and he did nothing afterwards, right? Yep. He did. Ah, uh, yep. Three, I remember. Points,
0: three points against the Saints. Didn't play for the next three weeks.
1: There he, got a, yeah, he, he got hurt. Yeah, he got hurt. Yeah.
0: He got hurt. And then there was the bye in week 12. And then he had a total of 0.8 points for the rest of the season.
1: Nice. That's productivity at its
0: finest. Finishing the season with a negative 0.1. Against
1: the against the Rams in week 17. Tell me if I'm crazy, Adam. I usually do. Is it wild or outlandish for me to expect, well, not expect, but I guess hypothesize that James Conner could be better than Chase Edmonds? I think it's
0: reasonable to expect that.
1: I don't want to. I really don't want to because I want Chase Edmonds to be good. Listen,
0: as long as Cliff Kingsbury has been there, there's always been somebody in the way of Chase Edmonds. Yep. And we, we had an opportunity because Kenny and Drake left to go join the Raiders this offseason. We were all saying, oh, this is great for Chase Edmonds. Chase Edmonds can be the guy. He can really show everybody that that one game against the Giants in 2019 wasn't a fluke. But um, Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury said, no, Chase, we're going to bring in James Conner because we still don't trust you to be the lead back.
1: They said it without saying it. Yes. Yeah. I I feel bad for him. I feel bad for him because I think he's talented, but clearly they don't see him as the number one guy, but hey. With James Conner's injury record, maybe there is a chance that Edmonds becomes the number one guy at some point. But I just think, you know, where if you're taking him inside the top 30, you're asking to be disappointed. If you're taking him between RB 33 and RB 39, 40, I think that's okay. I think, I think that's a that's a fair spot. Well, here's the thing. You know, I, I did say that
0: I'd expect that James Connor would be have a better season than Chase Edmonds, but also I wouldn't be shocked if Chase Edmonds wins the job in training camp.
1: I don't think anybody's winning the job. I think maybe if anything, Conner should be the first guy to touch the ball, kind of like Ronald Jones, Damien Harris. We're just kind of you know gathering people up into the same boat here. Who's gonna touch the ball first? Connor probably the guy who touches the ball first, but then after that, it's just a crapshoot.
0: Yeah, I guess so. All right, receivers? Um, Receivers. Okay, you want to go first again?
1: Oh, I'm going to piss people off. Um, Kenny Galladay. I have him ranked. (laughs) I have him ranked as my 21st receiver. I have him projected as my 27th receiver. So I'm low on Kenny Galladay. I think there's a lot of moving pieces in this Giants offense. I think Daniel Jones sucks. And eventually, I think it would have really – have Kenny Allen, I probably settled just outside my top twenty-four.
0: Yeah, for me, it's
1: Tyler Lockett. Great one, great one. You just don't know with Tyler Lockett. I mean, you don't know what's Seattle. Yeah, you don't know what's Seattle.
0: Period. It's true, but you what you do know with Seattle is that DK Metcalf is the guy. He is Russell Wilson's first read. You know, you do know that much. Yeah, and. The fact of the matter is, is that D.K. Metcalf is going to have a great season. He's going to get his, but you just don't know what Tyler Lockett is going to do. He doesn't have that sort of certainty on a week-to-week basis that if D.K. Metcalf has a bad game, then you know that's fine. Maybe he was going up against Jalen Ramsey, but you know that he's still going to get the ball. You know that he's still going to have more chances to, to do well for you. But for Tyler Lockett, it's like, who knows if the, if no matter what he does, you don't know if that's going to be a trend or if it's an aberration.
1: I would probably agree. I just think, you know, if you, if you look at Tyler Lockett and what he did last year, over a third of his fantasy points came in four games. Like, how sustainable is that for a guy in a sixteen-game season, where you have four games that accumulated for just over a third of his overall production? Those four games,
0: thirty-seven PPR points against Dallas. Yep, fifty-three PPR points against Arizona. Twenty-one point seven PPR points against Arizona. And 33 points in week 17 against the 49ers. His One of his best weeks happened when nobody was playing games. Correct.
1: Sorry, I, I agree with you, Adam. I agree with you. I have Tyler Lockett actually ranked outside of my top 30. I want, I want no part.
0: What a kick to the nuts because in uh, fantasy playoffs, he had 10.2 points against the Jets. He had, in week 14, 7.4 points against the, the football team in week 15. And then 7.4
1: points against the Rams in week 16. Oh, he was awful in fantasy playoffs. You couldn't start him. You you, you could not start him in your fantasy playoffs. And then in week
0: 17, when nobody gives a fuck, he, bl- he pops off for 33 points.
1: Mm-hmm. Don't I'm draft not, Tyler Lockett. I'm
0: not touching Tyler Lockett with a 10-foot pole.
1: Good. Don't. But um, I'm
0: serious about that. This is not a Tyree Kill situation. I am not drafting Tyler Lockett. I'll keep it
1: to that. Um This is my. This is the one that hits close to home. It's not choose some. Okay. Amari Cooper and Ceedee Lamb. Oh, that that okay. I have Amari at 13, Ceedee Lamb at 16. I have them projected – I have Amari projected to be the wide receiver 15, CeeDee Land to be the wide receiver 20. So feel suggests that I'm a bit higher on the Cowboys guys. But projection-wise, I just have them ranked a little bit lower. Kind of a cop-out answer. Sort of. Hardly. I, I, we've talked about it before. I just don't know how people could be high on one and, high, and not high on the other. Or high on both, excuse me. I think you have to be high on one and not on, and not on the other. Personally. Yeah. And because- if you ask me who I like more, the answer is if you're looking for floor, week-to-week consistency, the guy is probably seedy. Just because he'll be off of the number one corners that Amari will be having to deal with. But if you're looking for the big upside and if you're looking for the potential, who's the guy that might get you a 40, 50-point game? It's Amari.
0: Just start Amari Cooper when then the
1: Cowboys play the Eagles, and then that's it. True. True. 100% right. Hopefully, and hopefully Darius Slay stubs his toe in the shower.
0: <laughs> oh, man. Um, another one for me, Julio uh, Julio Jones. I mean that's a hell of a one. Julio Jones, very tough to rank. I mean Quintaris Lopez Jones. Yes. Wait, what? That's, that's his, his name. Oh. Quintaris Lopez Jones. How do you get Julio from that? No idea. Okay.
1: But you could fact check me on that? I'm, I might Quintaris Lopez Jones.
0: Wow. Yep, that's that's yep. I
1: told you. You think you think I was kidding?
0: Yeah, actually. Wow.
1: Are you accusing me of being a fake journalist, Adam? I am, I am absolutely appalled and disgusted.
0: According to Wikipedia, his nickname in high school was Waffle House. Waffle because was, House. Because he was always open. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> 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 that's hysterical. <laughs> oh my god that's funny that's very funny
0: that's pretty creative nothing for why his name is Julio though
1: well that's a good question
0: they have his hilarious high school nickname of Waffle House but no no notification as to uh, why he's named Julio
1: no mention of why Julio is called Julio.
0: No. Okay. Um, yeah, so Julio Jones, the reason that he's so um, controversial, hard to rank, is because of the offense that he's in. He's in a new system, a run-heavy system. And, you are know, looking at fantasy pros, like the guys that are around him, he's ranked 16. In PPR, which is absurd.
1: But uh, I have him at 19.
0: So the guys around him from 14 to 20, just a random set CD Lamb, Chris Godwin, Julio Jones is 16, Mike Evans is 17, DJ Moore, Deontay Johnson, Cooper Cup. Are you uh, planning to take your dog out to the movies or something?
1: Abby just wanted to come up and uh, and say and say hello to the uh, podcasting audience. She's not even looking at the camera. Well, she's very camera shy. What do you want me to say? Okay. her. Her beauty is radiant. The back of her head is ridiculous. Wow, That's something. Abby, you want to say hello to everybody? You want to say hello? Can you say something? No. Yeah, gonna say something? Oh, okay, okay. Well, you're gonna stay right here. You're gonna stay right here. There we go. As she knocked, as she knocked out my earpiece. <clears throat> she she needs to be cradled like a baby. I'm sorry. Yep, she is a big baby. She is a lion. She is my lion. But lions are cats. Oh, she's a lion. Mwah. So what do you
0: think about Julio Jones? What do you think about the guys that are ranked out around Julio Jones?
1: The only one that I, I that I kind of have a bit of conflict with. I think we've did we did a would you rather on him actually was Chris Godwin. Godwin is the one that I kind of go back and forth on. I feel like they're kind of the same guy. CD is an interesting one because both number 2s in their offense. But I think Julio has more of a clearer route to productivity, if that's not too ridiculous to say. Um, but the obvious thing with, with with Julio is is health. Health is the biggest thing. If you can guarantee me that Julio is going to give you 15, 16 games, then Julio should absolutely be drafted way higher than the wide receiver. What is he on Fantasy Pro, 16? Yep. He should be drafted way higher than wide receiver 16. Problem is, odds are that he that he won't be now with the unfortunate situation surrounding DeMonte Adams and Michael Thomas not being hundred percent. There's a chance that Julio pushes being drafted as a wide receiver one, which is again mental. That's crazy. Which is mental to me. I mean, you be draft,
0: you have AJ Brown and Julio Jones going as wide receiver ones. That
1: would be nonsense. Yeah, yeah, but that's that's where we're at. That is where we're at.
0: Yeah, I, I just, I don't know. That, that's just why Julio Jones is so uh, weird. Complex. So tough to rank.
1: Yes, I agree. You want to go, you want to hit on the uh, tight ends quick? Yes. All right. I'll give you, I'll give you uh, my two very quickly. Um, my guys are Dallas Goddard and Logan Thomas. Dallas Goddard, I have ranked as my tight end six, but projected as my tight end 10. Logan Thomas, I have projected as my, I have as my tight end 13, but projected as my tight end eight. So I'm higher on Goddard than the projections are. I'm lower on Thomas than the projections are. Okay. And Logan Thomas, I started to come around on because Adam, you you made the point to me, and I did some more research into it, and you're a hundred percent right that Ryan Fitzpatrick does tend to like his tight ends a ton. So that could be good for Logan Thomas. I still have him down for 50 55 receptions, but I think the touchdown upside with Logan Thomas is there. As with Goddard, it's the Zach Ertz dilemma. If Zach Ertz is still in Philadelphia.
0: I was gonna say Zach Ertz, for my for one of
1: mine, because I don't know what the, what the hell is going on with Zach Ertz. Nobody fucking knows, honestly. No, nobody knows what the deal is with him. Um, but Goddard stands to lose some sort of clout, I guess, if um, if Ertz is still there. So yeah, my guys are uh, are Dallas Goddard and Logan Thomas, and Abby absolutely one hundred percent agrees. The dog of the Basement Talk podcast, Abby. Yes, She absolutely agrees with all those picks. Notice how she's not barking.
0: No, it's because you're holding her.
1: No, 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 no. If if she started to bark, we know that she would disagree or she would not be a fan. But because she's very, very nice sitting here, she agrees with all these picks. What was that Rasheed Wallace quote? Uh, Dog don't lie. Dog don't lie. Damn straight. Absolutely. Right, Abby? Abby says yes. Abby says yes. She 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 just spoke to me.
0: Dog don't lie.
1: She just spoke to me.
0: Um, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take the easy way out and say John o. Smith and Hunter Henry, because
1: I nearly put them myself.
0: That is so easy. It's too easy. Um, honestly, Gronk.
1: Oh, that's that. That's a very good one.
0: Yeah, is... That's a very is, good one. It's Gronk and it's Hayden Hurst for me.
1: Those are those are good ones. Those are real good ones.
0: Because they those are two tight ends that have other than like Dallas Goddard, those are two tight ends that have the fiercest competition at their
1: positions. Yeah. I would say so. Maybe. Hmm. I'm trying Colin to think Colt of as one, maybe. that's one, yeah, yeah, potentially. How about
0: Evan, Evan Ingram? Maybe if you want to consider Kyle Rudolph as a as a as competition.
1: Hayden but, Hurst, Hayden Hurst, Kyle Pitts. Well,
0: that's what I'm saying. Yeah, because because Gronk and Hurst have the most yeah. are in the most competitive tight end situations.
1: Yeah. I can't think of I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. Yeah, that's a good one.
0: Um, so Gronk, to start off with Gronk, OJ Howard's coming back from his ACL injury. Who knows what's going on with uh, Cameron Brate. I mean, this time last year we were talking about Cameron Brate getting traded to Cleveland or OJ Howard getting traded to Cleveland.
1: That's true, but I forgot about that. Wow.
0: So this has been such a crazy tight end issue for the Buccaneers. And I guess Gronk is probably the thing about Gronk is that you will, he's good in the red zone. He's going to get touchdowns, mm-hmm. but that's
1: kind of it. His reception upside is super limited. Gronk is better at non PPR than he is in PPR. I mean, honestly, he is that, He is that prototypical non-PPR touchdown or bust tight end. Like to the T.
0: You look at at his stats from last year and compare it to the year before he retired, which is 2018. He had about the same stats, almost exactly the same stats, except he had four more touchdowns. Well, there you go. He had 47 receptions and 45 receptions in 18 and 20. He had 682 yards in 18, 623 yards in 20 and three touchdowns in 18 and seven touchdowns
1: in 20. And now you have OJ Howard coming back into the equation. And now what's that going to do for Gronk's overall numbers? Yeah. And it's listen, it's a very good point to make that, Let me let me ask you this. Let me ask you this, and then we, um, and then we can wrap up here. Out of Howard, Gronk, Bright, I guess, which Bucks tight end would you draft?
0: Huh. I. mm, That's tough. Yeah. I probably. I probably draft Howard just based on the upside.
1: I agree. I agree with you
0: as like a speculative option, I wouldn't Mm -hmm. build my team out of it around any, either of them, any of them.
1: Neither would I, neither would I, I think if you're, if you're drafting a tight end, like in the Kasiki range or, you know, in the John Hunter Henry range, Tunyon, maybe, and you want someone else to couple that tight end. OJ Howard is a speculative pick that could make some noise. I like, I like that one.
0: And then with Hayden Hurst, it's the Kyle. It's Kyle Pitts. I'm not gonna say it's a Kyle Pitts problem.
1: But oh no, no, no! It is. It is the Kyle Pitts problem.
0: Well, for some of us.
1: Yeah, for some.
0: Not mentioning but, any names. Yeah, but that is what make makes Hayden Hurst very tough to rank because you saw in Baltimore that he was a very good tight end. He has potential to be a really good tight end, but Atlanta was in a situation where. You know, Matt Ryan still signed, and they had a generational tight end talent fall into their laps at four, and they picked right. Kyle Pitts. Because mm-hmm. they were like, if we don't pick Kyle Pitts, we're going to rue the day that we didn't pick Kyle Pitts.
1: Maybe. Maybe, maybe not.
0: But, I mean, that that's what makes Hayden Hurst so tough to, to rank, is that... Kyle Kyle Pitts.
1: He won't be drafted in a lot of places, too.
0: (sighs) No, you're probably going to pick him up off your waiver wire.
1: If something happens to Kyle Pitts and there's an injury, it would freeze Hayden Hurst up to be the number one tight end in Atlanta. But even even then, is that say Kyle Pitts does go down, is Hayden Hurst super desirable as the number one tight end for Atlanta? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know, but hey, we will uh, we will see. That was that was a very fun and very informative show, there, Adam. I agree. All
0: right. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes of not only the Fantasy Show but everything under the Basement Talk Podcast umbrella wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, what are we talking about next week, or uh, what are we talking about later this week, Bird? Um,
1: We're going to be surprised just as much as you are. Fair enough. <laughs> Sounds like fun. We're going to figure it out. There are a ton of things that I want to do. I just got to figure out the order in which we're going to do them.
0: Yep. Well, anyway, for my co-host at I'm Adam Caster and we'll talk to you next time on the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show.
1: Bye. Bye.